After being duly sworn upon oath, Ariel Sante, Ph.D., hereby deposes and states as follows. My name is Dr. Ariel Sante, and I am 78 years old. I received my Ph.D. in clinical psychology from Brown University in Providence, Rhode Island, many moons ago. Right now, I have my own small psychiatric business near downtown, although I only see a few patients in semi-retirement. For several decades, though, throughout the 1980s and 1990s, I worked as a criminal psychologist with the FBI. I won awards for my criminal profiling work, including the University of Virginia's Thomas Jefferson Award for Academic Excellence. I helped the famous criminal profiler, John Edward Douglas, write several chapters of his crime classification manual. By the late 90s, I was burned out, however. I left the FBI and set up my own practice in the quaint little community of Townsville, which I have enjoyed a great deal. I've treated Dan O'Grady since he was 43 years old. He was an Army veteran and had some PTSD related to combat situations during deployments. He was partly disabled from military service, but for the first 10 years I knew and treated him, he worked for the Postal Service. Ultimately, he had to stop working, but between his disability and years with the Postal Service, he had a decent retirement and managed okay with Donna's income as well. Donna told me once that he carried a substantial life insurance policy to make sure that if anything ever happened to him, Donna would be okay. Overall, Dan had come a long way in his PTSD recovery, but he did suffer from depression and anxiety, and we met weekly for talk therapy. It is well known that talk therapy combined with medication is the most effective way to treat depression and anxiety, so I also prescribed Prozac to him for many years. First in pill form, but later, when he began having difficulties swallowing the pills, I began to prescribe Prozac in liquid form, 4 milliliters a day. Some people just don't like to swallow pills. To keep costs down, I facilitate the delivery of his medication via an online pharmacy that uses the U.S. Postal Service. The combination of talk theory and medication worked very well for Dan. I have a duty not to break patient confidentiality, even after a patient's death. However, I'm speaking to you today for two reasons. One, I knew Dan Grady well and know what a loving relationship he had with his wife, and I owe it Dan to share what I know. I believe he would be appalled to know of what his wife was being accused of. And two, I am beyond retirement age, so I am not threatened by any possible censure or repercussions. That's the good part of getting my age. You're less worried about others' opinions of you. Anyway, yes, Dan loved and was loved by his wife. You can see this in my notes. In fact, I worried that Dan was too dependent on Donna for his self-worth. I kept telling him that your romantic partner should not be your only concern, to diversify your life with friends and hobbies for healthier returns. He and Donna hosted some parties in their homes and other various holidays, and really seemed to enjoy that. Dan also joined up with some neighbors for a weekly poker game. These things helped Dan, although Dan did mention that Donna, although dedicated and sweet, was the jealous type and was always concerned about his interactions with other women, even though there was nothing to it. He attributed it to her upbringing and her father abandoning the family when she was young. Dan's other stressor at home was his youngest child, Tracy. Tracy was like oil and water with Donna, and there was constant friction there. When Tracy moved out of the family home, life became much less stressful in the household, but Dan often expressed increased stress when, Don when Tracy came home for the holidays. Finally, while the weekly neighborhood poker games were a good activity for Dan, and he actually became a pretty good poker player, he dreaded interactions with one neighbor, a guy by the name of Jim Plonger, who he described as a real hothead. While the social activities in the empty nest helped Dan improve emotionally, Dan's depression and anxiety became markedly worse after January 6, 2021. 
This is when he had a fight with the hot-headed neighbor, Jim Plonger. The fight was over a debt that Jim had or that he owed, apparently, when both men would play together at the weekly poker game. But Dan denied any money was owed and would not pay up, which infuriated Jim. Dan was afraid of Jim, but didn't seem to do much proactively to resolve the situation, despite my urging him to do so. I had to increase Dan's Prozac medication in order to compensate for this stress and its impact on his depression and anxiety. At one point, about one month after the altercation on January 6th, 2021, Dan showed me a death threat that he had just received that was left on the front door of his house. He believed it was Jim Plonger because the note specified owing money. I didn't take the note too seriously at the time, that is, until Dan died, and as I understand, it turned out to be from poisoning. Now, I wish I had taken the note seriously, because when I spoke with Donna at Dan's calling hours, she mentioned that the note uh, and, and said that Jim Plonger is nowhere to be found. A neighbor also spoke to me at calling hours, I think the last name was Kravitz, and I learned that Kravitz saw Plong, uh, Plonger tinkering around the community mailboxes near the O'Grady home prior to Plonger's disappearance. This particularly concerns me since Dan's medication that I prescribed for him came by mail, and I now understand that it was in that very medication that had been tampered with. This disappearance of Jim Plonger is very classic behavior from a criminal. A small percentage of criminals want to hang around the scene of the crime to see how things play out, but most get as far away from the scene as possible. Seems to me that's just what Jim did once he knew the poisoning got to Dan. Of the available exhibits, I'm familiar with the following and only the following. Exhibit 3, a death threat that Dan received. Exhibit 7, my notes from talk therapy sessions with Dan. And Exhibit 8, the Prozac bottle that I prescribed to Dan. I hereby attest to having read the above statement and swear to affirm it to be my own. I also swear or affirm to the truthfulness of its content. Before giving this statement, I was told it could, should, could and should contain everything I knew that may be relevant to my testimony, and I followed those instructions. I also understood that this, that I can, and must update this affidavit, if anything new occurs to me in the moment before opening statements begin in this case.